Hey, we're honored uh, today to continue a series called Cow Tipping. Uh, we've been in this series for five weeks uh, as we've talked about how to tip idols over in our lives and so that God can have the top place and his throne in our lives. And, and I, I, I did not anticipate doing six weeks, but you know, in praying as we were preparing for our Going Pro series that begins next Sunday and that you're going to pack the house and bring some friends and family to, right? Come on. Wow. Hey, next Sunday, we're going to have Red Bull for everybody, okay? Everybody in the room. Hey, and, and, uh, and, but as I was praying and preparing for that, uh, as we were trying to figure out, all right, well, this Going Pro series is about going pro in your life with God and, and, and living it out in a, in a great way. What does that look like? I felt like we needed to kind of back up for a minute and go one more week in this series and talk about something that there's not one person in the room that it won't affect. I don't care your age. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. I don't care your marital status. None of that. It will affect and it does touch on every single one of you. Here's what I also know. Some of you, as soon as I say the word, are going to get really uncomfortable. It's going to happen. So I just need to know, are you with me today? Are you with me today? Come on. We're going to go. I need you to get there before I tell you what we're talking about. And uh, we're going to jump in. And today we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk. See, and this happens every time. Every time. It's like somebody puts a vacuum in here and all of a sudden the air just goes. And nobody wants to say a word. But here's what I know. I cannot be a pastor that says that I'm going to equip and empower people to impact their communities. And I will talk about everything except money. In fact, I don't understand how Christians and people that go to church can go, hey, you can get up in my marriage, you can get up in my, my parenting, you can get up in my work life, but don't you dare talk to me about my money. Here's what I want to know, here's what I want you to know today. I want you to go ahead and hear me when I say this. I am not asking for anything from you today. I'm not going to take up an offering at the end. We're not going to do a big ask. We're not, we don't have a big building campaign to give to. However, if you want to give to something like that, let me know and I'll tell you. Anyway. Here's what I'm not asking for. Seriously, though, I'm not asking for anything from you. But here's what I am going to do. I'm going to try to offer everything that I can in about a 20-minute span to you. Because God actually has a lot to say about finances. And I don't think it's fair for us to tell God that we want to learn everything that we can about him until it comes to what he says about money. In fact, finances and money, wealth and riches are one of the most talked about things in the Bible. It's one of the most talked about things in the Bible. It's something that Jesus had a lot to say about. It's something that God has a lot to say about. Because here's the truth that I want you to know today. Money, we have this mentality that money can be good or bad. Money is inanimate, y'all. Money has the same emotions the chair you're sitting on is. How many of you heard your chair scream when you sat on it? Nobody. You know why? They're inanimate. They have no feelings. They have no uh, judgment. They have none of that. Money is inanimate. Therefore, money can't be good or bad. It can't. Well, okay, pastor, that's fair. If money can't be good and money can't be bad, money's just money, right? And, and all this stuff. Then why do some people turn out good and some people turn out bad with money then? If it can't be good, it can't be bad. Here's why. Money will magnify who you already are. Money just magnifies. Money doesn't change you. In fact, money magnifies your positive traits and the negative traits. And it doesn't matter if it's more money 
or less money, either way, money magnifies you in the first place, no matter what. So if you got more money, you got more magnification. And that's why you can see rich people go off the deep end. But when you have less money, it feels like you have more magnification and there's a lot of money because you start losing your head and you're going great. Why? Because now I'm all about money. It's usually money will magnify either your good or bad traits. That's why we have to talk about the fact and the idea that money can very easily, very easily become an idol in life, especially in America, right? Not that we're, we're blessed to live in America, man. I am honored to live in a country that is free, a country where we can make money and, and where we can do things. In fact, if you live in America, you're already one of the richest people in the world just living here. What a blessing. I thought you'd be way more excited about that, but it's okay. We, we're, we're already there. But here's what I, I want you to know. There's an old song by a theologian that said this, Mo money, mo... <laughs> More money, more problems. Well, if more money, more problems is true, then the opposite has to be true. What is the opposite? No money, no problem. How many of you know that if you have no money, you have no problems? Exactly. <laughs> See, we, most of us have been on both sides of it where we've had money and had problems, and then we have no money and we have problems. Why? Money doesn't, I mean, problems don't follow money. Money just magnifies who we are, neither of those is true. It's not, I wanna, I wanna give you this. It's not money that's the problem. It's never money that's the problem. It's how we manage what God has put in our hands that creates a blessing or a curse that can help or hurt. It's what we do with what God's put in our hands. So I wanna tell you, no matter what your paycheck is today, no matter if it's unemployment, no matter if it's a, a, a CEO job, no matter if you're rising, climbing the ranks and you're doing great, no matter if you're struggling today, no matter if you're trying to figure out how you're gonna buy lunch or you got it all already cooked, no matter what, I want you to know, whatever God has put in your hands, he is trusting us to manage correctly. It's, it's what we do with it that makes the difference. It's what we do with it that makes all the difference in the world. It, it's something like this, right? If I gave you a can of Silly String today when you walked in the room, I didn't do that because I don't trust a lot of you guys, okay? But if I gave you cans of Silly String when you walked in the room today, you could use it for celebration. So what if I got up here and I said, hey guys, we're gonna celebrate today. And some of you have silly string in your hand and here's what we're celebrating. We've baptized about 40 people in 2022. We've grown by over 200 people this year. Come on, praise God, woo! If I got up here and said that, here's what I know. Some of you would celebrate and be like, yeah! You just spray it everywhere, right? And then some of you would cover me or the person next to you in silly string and just stand there and go, ha, 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 right? That's what I know. If you've never been covered in silly string, go be a youth pastor for a week. I did it for 10 years. I've absorbed all those toxins and that's part of what's wrong with me. That's all it takes, right? Why? Because I put something in your hand, but it was your decision what you did with it. Last night, we're watching the football game at my house. Football is on on Saturdays all day long. We're watching a football game. My four-year-old picks up a baseball bat. How many of you know a four-year-old and a baseball bat usually isn't a very good combination? Especially my four-year-old. If you know him, he's like his dad. And so he picks up a, a baseball bat and he starts swinging and hitting imaginary 
home runs. And we watch baseball at our house too. And some of these guys flip their bats when they hit home runs. Bam, out of the park, they flip the bat and they run the bases. My four-year-old at that moment, I had to trust that he was not gonna flip the bat and he was not gonna hit somebody or he wasn't gonna hit my TV, all of which I lost the bet. It's up to him what he does with the bat when I put it in his hands, right? I can't decide that. It's the same thing with God. Whatever you have in your life, God is saying, I'm putting it in your hands, but you have to be responsible enough to handle it correctly. Let's take it out of money for a minute. The wife you have is not your wife. It is God's daughter. The husband you have is not just your husband. It is God's son. The the job you have is not a portion of life that you have to endure. It is God's blessing to provide. Are you with me today? Anybody with me today? Right? It's not that the friends or the life groups that I get to call home and, and, and friends that I get to be a part of, they are God's kids that we get to do life with, not a gossip session. See, the truth is, is whatever I have in my hands is what God has blessed me with to do life with. But what I do with it is up to me. In fact, throughout the Bible, there's a ton of verses and teaching on finances and on money. And there's a constant theme in a lot of it to where when you start seeing what God says and hearing what Jesus teaches about finances, you'll see this word often pop up with it. And it's this word faithfulness. Let me explain what faithfulness is. Faithfulness is consistent obedience. Faithfulness is not some radical action. Faithfulness is consistently doing the right thing all the time and heading in the right direction. Not getting it right all the time, not being perfect all the time, but being obedient all the time. When God speaks, I move. When the Holy Spirit nudges, I move. Whenever the Bible tells me something, I do it. Are you with me today? Faithfulness, and he talks about that a lot. In fact, in Luke chapter 16, in verses 10 through 13, we can read where Jesus is talking about money and he makes these statements and I, I love them, right? He says this, he said, he who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Let me pause for a minute and talk about that phrasing. How many of you know it can be really hard to be faithful with a little thing, right? Because our minds, our human nature is often to drive to bigger, to push for more, to get more of the thing that we like, you know? Like we want more food and we want more money and we want more this and we want more that. And I don't think any of that is inherently wrong. I don't think anything of that is bad. But whenever we chase more, but we deny the less, then we cannot be faithful with what we have. We cannot be consistently obedient with the small thing God's blessed us with at this time because I will take for granted what I have in the pursuit of what I don't. Come on, somebody. And we do it all the time. Here's the reality. At Radiate Church, our eight-week averages, we're sitting about uh, over uh, here, we're sitting about 720 to 750 people a week, and we're growing like crazy when everybody's not on fall break. (laughs) I will preach that. But here's the truth, right? 
if I'm not faithful as a pastor of that, what makes you think God would go, I think I'll give him more. If I gave my son pudding and he threw it against the wall over and over and over again, you think I'm going to keep giving him pudding? No. Why? Because he's not being faithful to what I've given him. That's God for us a lot of times. You go, just be grateful for what you have. Be faithful to that and then we'll work our way up. Let's keep going in verse 11. It says, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? In other words, let's go right back to what I was just talking about. Everything we have is not ours. It's God's. The money I have comes maybe through an employee or an employer, but it comes from God. It's not mine to mismanage. It's not mine to take advantage of. And God's going, if you won't take care of what I'm letting you borrow, what makes you think that I'll give you something that's yours and yours alone and you'll manage that well? Come on. And then verse 13, I love this. It says, no servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. You cannot serve God and wealth. And the reality is, is wealth, money, whatever, it affects everybody's life. In verse 13, there's a word, wealth. There's another word that can be translated in the Aramaic as wealth and it's riches. But both of those words can be translated to this word, mammon. And it, Mammon was a, Bab- uh, a Syrian god, a lowercase g god that the Syrians would go to and pray to when they needed more financial provision in their life. Then as the Syrians had this little g god called Mammon, the Babylonians, as they started taking ground and taking over uh, uh, land and, and uh, Jerusalem and all these things, they picked up on the god of Mammon and they now incorporated Mammon into their worship rituals. And so if you worship the god of Mammon, you would be wealthy or you would be rich or you would be these things. And Jesus, this is like the only god, lowercase g, that God called by name. Why? Because mammon promises what only God can deliver. Mammon would promise security and safety, provision, all those things. And God's like, no, I'm all that stuff. And so Jesus comes along and he goes, you can pick one or you can pick the other. But you can't pick both. And the truth is, is like in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, we're going to go back to this in a few moments But there's a common phrase, money is the root of all evil. Can I tell you, money is not. Money is not the problem. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Because when money becomes an idol, whatever we love, we worship. And what we worship takes throne or takes first place in our lives. And when money becomes an idol, all these other little evils and idols begin to pop up in our lives. We begin to see temptations that take place because we are colluded or, 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 or blinded to a lot of these things. So I want to t- tell you just a few things that Jesus talked about with money, and I'm going to do it quick. The first one is this. We just talked about it. You have to pick your God. You have to pick your God. You can pick a lowercase g God. 
Or you could pick an uppercase G God. Doesn't it sound a lot like what we do with God now? Is, hey God, you're the God of money today. I need finances, so I'm gonna pray to you about money. Hey God, I need peace today, so I'm gonna pray to you for peace today. Hey God, what if God just said, you don't need a bunch of lowercase G gods, you need one big G God. You need one big L Lord. You need one big S Savior. You need one big F Father that encompasses all the little things. Those idols are nothing for you, but I can be. Come on, somebody, everything for you in your life. That's the reality of what he's saying. He's saying you got to pick. He's very clearly telling us we can't be both. You can't be both. So let's, let's pretend that the stage is, is cut in half today, okay? Right here in the middle of the table. And if Jesus were here and he was teaching this, he would say this. You have to pick one side or the other. You cannot do this. You can't stand on both sides of the aisle. It's impossible to have stability. It's impossible to worship me whenever you worship everything else too. He's saying mammon is the God that tries to be God. And so you have to pick big G God or little G God. He's saying you can't serve both. So here's what he's saying. He's saying you can come over here with me and you can let me be your provision. I'm the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills and a thousand hills too. I'm the God that can provide for it all. I'm the God that heals. I'm the God that never leaves nor forsakes. I'm the God that provides. I'm the God of wealth. I'm the God of poverty, all this stuff. You can be with me or you can come over here and you can be with little G God mammon and you can pray to this little G God whenever you need more finances and you can work the algebraic equations and you can do the sacrifices and you can do all those things and wonder. And see, here's what this looks like in our life today is when we pick the little G God of mammon, what takes place is our security in the faith of what we've picked is determined by how much we have in our hand. It's determined by how much our paycheck is that week. It's determined by the bonus I do or do not get. It's determined by the stock market. It's determined by the volatility of the White House. It's determined by all these other things. It goes up or down depending on what is happening in my life in that moment, in that area. Are you with me? But he goes, if you choose me, here's the reality. I'm teaching, this is what God's saying. I'm teaching that I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. My stock doesn't go up and my stock doesn't go down. I don't leave you when it's bad and I don't run to you when it's good. I'm there always. I will never leave. I will never forsake. Therefore, your faith can be consistent, not because of what you have, but who's in you. You can be consistent because of how much I have changed your life from the inside out. He's saying, I need you to pick. And here's why. If God is first, then everything else will come together. I've seen it in my life a million times. My family and I, we tithe to this church every time we get a paycheck. My family and I, we give above and beyond. We're part of our pay setters team to where we commit to give a certain amount over and above our tithe to this church every single year. The reality is we believe in what God's doing here, but I don't have to do that. But I get to do it. Because when God is first, everything else always comes together. When God is first, things happen. And if you, when you, as you read the Bible, as you dive in and you learn more about God, you learn that he talks a lot about finances, but you learn that he also gives a lot of principles in the Bible. 
It's not just rules and regulations, it's principles. Why principles? Because principles are things that we can live out that keep other things from becoming God in our life. And so there's some money principles that he gives us. I'm just gonna hit on them very quickly today if you wanna write them down or you can go back and watch this at another time and write it down, but it's full of principles. I'm gonna give you four. One, he gives the principle of tithing. Oh yeah, well, tithing is an Old Testament principle. Actually, it's not. Go read the New Testament. Jesus talks about tithing and then usually he'll say, not only should you give your first fruits, but you should also give above and beyond that. So I just wanna bust the theology and the idea out there that it's an Old Testament principle. It is not. It is a kingdom principle. It is not tied to one testament or the other. It is tied to God and God alone. And he gives the principle of tithe. Why? Because if I'm always giving away the first 10% to, to the kingdom of God, wouldn't it be really hard for money to become my idol? Why? Because I'm literally cutting the head off the paycheck at the beginning. I'm literally going, hey, the first thing I'm doing with this I'm giving it away. Therefore, I can't hold on too tight because I'm already writing the check. Are you with me? Tithe is a principle that allows mammon not to take root in our lives. Here's another one, budgeting. In Luke chapter 14, he starts talking about budgeting and he says this, don't sit down and plan to build something without first figuring out the cost. In other words, stop buying trucks that you can't afford the payment on. Don't build a house when the insurance payment puts you under. He's saying there's principles in this thing that allows it to where now you are telling your money what to do and your money is not telling you what to do. The Bible talks about budgeting and doing it responsibly and I'm gonna tell you how you can get a resource from Radiate Church that'll help you with that in just a few moments. Here's another one, paying down debt, paying off debt. The Bible in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse seven, I wanna make sure I was right, tells us that when you have too much debt, the, the borrower becomes slave to the lender. So you're literally chained to the lender. Some of us have to do more what Capital One tells us to do than what God tells us to do. And we've made it so easy now, I'm gonna offend some people for a minute, but we've made it so easy now to get into debt that you can literally finance tennis shoes. Y'all, if you got to finance tennis shoes, don't buy them. Just wait till you save up enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know you're like, pastor, how dare you tell me what to do with your finance? I'm not. We did a series not too long ago called, that's what he said. That's what he said. Like budget it well, pay off debt. Don't be a slave to anybody that tells you what to do. Let God tell us what to do. Create that margin. You know, like, here's another one, honorable earning. In Proverbs 22, again, in verse one, it talks about earning an honorable wage with integrity and with character and not unrighteousness. Don't go about it in a dark way. Don't be you know, unrighteous about it, but go about it and have your head high. Be of impeccable reputation and let your character speak higher than your paycheck does. Those are just a few principles that God's given us <clears throat> to help us keep money from becoming an idol in our lives. Here's another one he talks about. He talks about not just um, uh, um, he talks about not just picking your God. He talks about finding ways to be generous. Find ways to be generous. In Acts chapter twenty and, and verse tw- uh, thirty-five, excuse me, uh, the apostle Paul is teaching something that Jesus said. And here's what he's saying. He says this. He says, "In everything, I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak." 
and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, and here's what he says, it is more blessed to give than what? To receive. Have you ever blessed somebody with something in your life? Maybe it was money. Maybe it was a possession. Maybe it was something you knew that they wanted, whatever. And you just like felt good about it. You know what I'm saying? Like you just kind of like, oh man, I paid for their gas. That's, that makes me feel good. I gave them a little bit of cushion or whatever it is, right? You know, serving people becomes addictive when you're doing it for the kingdom. Because you're, you know that by handing out that invite, you're impacting their, uh, their lives. By serving them or paying for their uh, uh, coffee at Starbucks, you're showing them how great Jesus is. Like all these things, you maybe are providing a smile in their life that they haven't had for a really long time. Here's what I want you to know. Psychologically, they say that generosity actually literally reduces stress. It helps your physical health. It increases your lifespan and your sense of purpose. That's science. Generosity helps do that. But here's the thing about generosity. It's not about the amount. It's about the obedience. It's not about the amount. It's not about if you gave $10,000 or if you gave $1,000 or if you gave $1 or if you gave $100,000. None of that matters. What matters is the act of obedience. That's why budgeting is so important too because we need to create room in our margin so that when the Holy Spirit says, hey, bless them, hey, pay for their car this week, hey, buy their groceries, hey, do this, that's why we can sit back and go, okay, God, I'll do what you ask. God, I'll follow you. God, I'll do these things because we have picked our God and it is not money. I wanna give you the last thing. So we have to pick our God we have to find ways to be generous. And then the, uh, one of the other things that, that Jesus teaches us over and over again is one that's really hard for people to grasp, for me to grasp. And it's actually found in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10, and I'm gonna read it to you again. It says, it says this, for, it, uh, sorry, for it is with this labor, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. Here we go. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. Remember? When money becomes an idol, all these other things pop up. Why? It's the root of all sorts of evil. Selfishness, wandering eyes, unfaithfulness. All this stuff begins to pop up. Watch this. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. What if the griefs that we're feeling financially aren't punishments from God, but it's the fact that money was our God? It's not money that's the problem. It's the love of money. And here's the third thing that Jesus consistently teaches us about money, about life, about spiritual life, about Christianity. And it's this, it, this life, it is not about you. And it is not about me. It is about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God alone. I believe that everything he gives us in life, relationships, Church, jobs, money, all these things, stuff. I believe all that is great and I believe they are tools that he intends to be used to reach people for the kingdom of God. Do you know why I believe that? Because only thing God is sold out to is the vision he has for his people. You and I, we, the reason we have to pick our God is because when we pick the big G God, we're picking being a vessel 
that he wants to use to make a difference in this world. He sold out to that. He is all about that. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, in verse 21, it says this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Why is that an important scripture? Because your treasure doesn't follow your heart. Your heart follows your treasure. So when my treasure is always being right, my heart becomes hardened to anybody else. When my treasure is only in attaining and obtaining and not being generous and not helping God and not doing it God's way, then now I'm not concerned about how I can help others. I'm just concerned about how others can help me. You follow me today? See, it's, it's my heart follows my treasure. Why? Because where I give the most, time, energy, money, whatever it is, you name it, where I give the most is what I love the most. And I'm sorry, but I don't love credit card companies more than I love the kingdom of God. I don't love um, my mortgage company more than I love you. One of the greatest ways that I can love you is giving to this church. Because I know that we'll do the best we can to take care of you. Like it's, it's that, those types of mentalities where I gotta realize that my heart follows my treasure and everything we have is God's blessing. He's just waiting to see what we're gonna do with it. And I wanna tell you today, I don't care where you're at in your mentality. I don't care where you're at in your bank account. I don't care where you are in your finances. I don't care what salary you make. I'm here to tell you, you are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed. I know it doesn't feel like it sometimes, and I get that. And that's why we have to do it God's way, to get it in the, in the right order and in the right structure and get things done so that we can feel that. But I'm telling you, you're blessed to be a blessing. No matter what you have, you can still bless somebody else. No matter how little you feel like you have, you can still bless somebody else. And I'm here to tell you, some of us need to break the poverty mentality off our lives to where we feel like we can never have enough and I've always gotta have more. I'm here to tell you, as long as God is in your life, you got everything you need. You got the source, you got the provider, you got the one that loves you right where you are, but way too much to leave you there. You got the one that loves you with your current salary and your future one. You got the one that loves you when you don't have enough to pay bills, and you got the one that loves you even when you got more than enough to pay everybody's bills. I'm here to tell you something. It's not about what you have in your hand. It's about what will you do with what he's placed in your hands. Will I live with an open hand or a closed fist? I know what God wants, but it's not up to him. He doesn't decide that. You do. And I do. And I have to answer for that. And so I want you today to begin fighting for financial freedom in your life. I want you to begin fighting and saying, no longer will money have chains around me, either good or bad. I, I no longer will, will anything master me. I am God's and God's alone, and I will pick my God. And here's some next steps. For some of you in the room or online today, here's, here's your next step. For some of you, it's starting with a budget. You've never done one or you don't know how to do one. I'm gonna tell you in just a moment how you can get a resource from us to where we will help you with that. But for some of you, it's just starting to tell yourself where to go. Starting to tell yourself your money where to go and what you can do instead of your money telling you what to do. 
is taking, is taking those parameters and those structures and saying, no, I make this amount of money and first, here's what we do. Second, here's what we do. Third, here's what we do. And every paycheck, it's going somewhere and it's gonna be hard. But nothing that ever is good doesn't require discipline. Everything requires discipline. For, for some of you, it's starting with budget. For some of you, it's, you gotta do this. You gotta start praying over your income. Every time that direct deposit hits your bank account, this prayer needs to come out of your mouth. God, thank you for what you've given me. Help me to be a good steward of it. Help me manage it well and help me do what you want me to do with it to take care of my needs and the needs of the kingdom on the earth and the community that I call home. Just pray over it and ask the Holy Spirit to help you with it. And for some of you, it's, I can't tithe, I can't give, I can't give a lot. That's fine, just start somewhere. Maybe you need to start giving a dollar every time until you can get to $2. And then you give $2 until you get to four, and, and, and you give four until you get to eight, and you give eight until you get to 16, and you see what I'm saying? And you work your way up to where now you've created margin, and you've seen God move in your life to where a full 10% is coming out of your paycheck on a rate, absolute recent basis. Why? Because God asked. Because God asked. God gave a principle so money didn't take over my life. For some, you're saying, hey, I got all that part. I, I do those things. Maybe for some of you, your next step is beginning to put so much in savings every month. Or let me give you this idea. Uh, maybe it's going and saying, I'm gonna be more generous every month. And so I'm gonna create a slush fund. And that slush fund is called my Holy Spirit fund. And when the Holy Spirit just tells me to bless somebody else's life, I pull out of that and I give it to them. Or I pay for that coffee, or I pay for that meal, or I pay for that vacation for them, or I do this, or I do that, whatever it is, that's calling being prepared for when God speaks, you can move. For some of you, that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I have a goal in my life that one day I want to reverse tithe. I want to live on 10% and give away 90%. One day I want to do that in my life. I know as a church, we give away a lot of money. It's because I never want money to become, a, become an idol at Radiate Church, ever. It's meant to be a tool, not a chain. And so like, I, here's what I got for you today. Here's where I'm going. You can get some of these resources. We have a next step called a 90 day tithe challenge. Let me explain it before you feel like it's a little too gimmicky, but it really is just this thing in my heart where I want people to know that there is financial freedom in your life and that we will walk it out with you. If you sign up for the 90 day tithe challenge, here's what you're doing. You're committing to for 90 days. Every time I get a paycheck, I give the first 10% to the church. Why? God asks us to do that. Here's my promise to you. If God is not truthful in those 90 days to what he said he would do, I will write you a check and give you every dime you gave in those 90 days back. Because I know who God is. I know what he's done in my life. I know how he's brought me through. In fact, I just heard a story this past week where somebody said, I started doing that and it's hard and it's tough and it stretches me, but I don't know how, but I've got more left over at the end of the month now and I can pay my bills better now than I did before I started holding on to that 10%. How does that work? I don't know. It's God's economy, not mine. But within that 90 day tithe program, we're gonna give you a budget so that you can work your budget. We're gonna give you access to Bible studies to help you learn more. We're gonna give you opportunity that if you need to meet with someone, they can meet with you and help you get all that together. Explain budgeting and what that looks like. Because hear me, I'm not trying to get anything from you, but I do want it for you. I want financial security for you. 
And so right now on the screen, there's gonna come a, a link for that 90-day tie challenge. All you gotta do is, 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 is shine your phone or camera right up to that. It'll take you there and you can sign up or you can swing by the Connect Center on the way out and tell them you wanna sign up for it and we'll get you those resources. Another step is we, we pay as a church for this thing called Right Now Media. It's the Netflix for churches. It's thousands of Bible studies all over the internet, marriage, finances, kids, parenting, they got a kid section, all that stuff. But there's one that I want you to check out if you'd be willing to about finances and go div, dig deeper and dive deeper and find out what God has to say. Because listen, I don't want you to just hear a good sermon and go home, I want you to live it. And we do that by taking it deeper. Can I, can I pray with you today? Because I, I wanna pray and then I want us to grab some invites and bring people to church with us next week so that they can encounter the same Jesus that is changing our life as we start a brand new series called Going Pro. And then we're gonna go out and change the world. So let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done in our lives. Thank you for what you trust us with. And God, help us do well with what you've placed in our hands. Help us bless others and be a part of life change in this community and in our families and in our lives. God, we love you so much. And God, I pray that you would deal with every one of us to make sure that we've picked our God well. God, that we are chasing after you with all that we have and all that we do, because that is the true thing. God, let us walk out of here this week and make a difference. Let us invite people to be a part of what you're doing here at Radiate Church and what you're doing in our lives. And God, let us just expand and impact the kingdom of God in a great way. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray, amen. Can I tell you about one more thing we got coming up this month? At the end of the month, every year, we do something called You Matter Week. You Matter Week is a seven-day stretch where we have tons of community service projects because we wanna, and I'm gonna be real honest, we try to get as many service hours as possible in seven days to impact the community the best way that we can. And I would love for you to be a part of that. Maybe you've been a part of it in the past. Maybe it's your first time. Sign-ups are already welcome. There's gonna come information right there on that screen or you can go to our website, ready8church.net, and there's information there. Go ahead and block out your days. Sign up for your projects. Let's fill it up. Let's impact the community for Jesus and show people how good God is. Hey, grab your invites, invite some people. I love you guys so much. I'll see you next week. Let's go change the world. Ready, eight. Love you guys.